welcome to today's edition of Take a Leap and Transform, a neo-diversity journey podcast where entrepreneurs, employees, business owners, and individuals can become aware and transform their mindset. Welcome back to Take a Leap and Transform, a neo-diversity journey. I'm your host, Joseph K. Muscat. Are you ready to take a leap with me? We've all heard the saying, work on your business and not in your business. The problem is many business owners are in the business that they don't know how to work on it, finding the resources and tools that will give them the freedom they want. As neo-diverse entrepreneurs, we're either over-focused, have difficulty transitioning, or we just want to focus on our strengths that we are unintentionally distracting ourselves from what we need to do. Sometimes we need the right person to nudge us in the right direction. A person who can provide us an outside perspective, looking at the big picture and identify the gaps that can free us. I'm pleased to introduce to you business coach David Cassius, who is a unique strategist that will provide you with a map you need. David Cassius is an information technology specialist with nearly 20 years of experience in various business fields, telecommunications, banking, and financial. In business since April 2014, he acts as president of WizBA, which is Wise Business Analysis, a business management consulting firm specializing in the efficiency for SMEs. YSBA's mission is to help entrepreneurs, decision makers, and business owners be more efficient and manage their growth by using information technology to its maximum potential. YSBA is about smart solutions to better navigate your business. Great to have you on the show, David. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joseph. Uh, I'm, uh, it's an honor to be part of your podcast. It was quite an introduction, I must say. <laughs> oh, thank you. So let's jump into it, David. You've created a tool that allows you to analyze a business by mapping out all the operations. Can you explain this process of this process in your own words and why it's so important to map out the process? Wow. So mapping out a, a, a process of a business is, is actually uh, kind of like when you're building a house is to have, to have a plan, something that is formal, something that is kind of in three dimension that you can see different point of view, uh, but also in the toolbox of a business analyst, uh, mapping a process is for me the one that, especially with the type of clients that I have, it's super visual it's super fast also and in, it's in a, an experience for them to uh, first off explain what they do really do it in, in a very structured way uh, but also to um, reflect on why they do s- such action that are part of a process so the the process itself it, for each of the what are the, each of the steps who does that activity? What tool are they using? Are, is that activity supported by a document? So in terms of having a visual tool to represent um, a sales process from a new, a new uh, client until we actually get the business, what are the different steps? How are we making it easier for a client? So and the process mapping for me is my go-to tool. And um, especially for new diverse client it's typically an exercise that would be done um, by asking a lot of questions and uh, taking a lot of time to collect information so for me that's why i use it and why it's so useful well let's delve a little bit deeper into that david especially because you mentioned a number of occasions in your in your explanation that it's a visual tool 
So obviously we're, we're on a podcast here, so we can't, you know, we need to describe that, that visuality. So uh, to the best of your ability, how, how is it a visible, how is it a visual and why with it being visual, is it, you know, as you've stated, you know, that people can see what's going on, but in that, but, but in the aspect of it being visual, why is that the case where they can see that, that big picture? All right, so let's go back to a, a sales process. Uh, so a new opportunity. The way the, the process map works is that you'll have boxes with different type of colors. So I use a coding system. Typically, green is going to be an, the activity. So out of your resume or out of your job description, uh, entering a contact information or entering a new lead or updating a new leader, changing a status, all these, these uh, elements would be activities. So they would be a green box. Under these box, the same thing. So see it as a stack column, okay? The second box below would be the role. So the position, sales director, sales coordinator, uh, assistant. It would be the description of the role. So when you look at the old process, you would see exactly who's doing what. Another element that I bring is to do that activity, what system is supporting uh, you uh, updating a contact information? Most of the time, um, it would be done in Outlook in or your address book or in on a sheet of paper or on the note application. But most of my clients, especially uh, small and medium enterprises, benefit greatly of tracking their sales activity in a a contact relationship manager, a, a CRM. So that by seeing that today they are using Excel or Word, I can make recommend, recommendation to have more powerful tools that are integrated. And the, the last box, or one of the last box would be, uh, is there a physical or paper document that we use? Could it be digitalized? And uh, the element that I will bring is, can that task be delegated at a lower hourly rate? So when you take step-by-step step, for each of these steps, you'll have the activity, the role, the system, if there's a document needed and if it can be delegated, as you, as you look to the process, I'm able to identify uh, solutions or ideas or what could be delegated. Uh, could we cut this? in between activity could we reduce uh, the number of people doing that activity so to describe it in a way for the for the podcast uh, despite the fact that it's a visual tool it's it's really a breakdown of of of, of a business step by step all right so let me see if i can help you out here david so what you're developing here is basically a a infograph with which is basically you know but mapping it out, showing all the various connections. And you're starting off, you know, and you, as you stated, it's going to be one box starting and followed by a column before connecting to the next step. So in the first, in the first box, you're going to have green being the activity. And then follow that, you're going to have the roles. Uh, and then by following that, below that, it's going to be the system. So you got activity, roles, system. And the system basically goes into the detail of what that role is and what needs to be happening for that particular activity. And then from there, you're going to describe, 
you know, basically the tools and, and in the tools aspect, you're looking at whether or not this can be delegated. Once this is all sorted, you're going to move on to the, the next string, the next connection of, of where that's going to lead into the business. Is that correct? Is that a good visual explanation? Exactly. So for those listening, uh, if you uh, do a, a Google search for a business process ma mapping or business process modeling, you, you've seen it in a way or another. Uh, it's just we have we each have our own uh, ways to represent it. I just have add a little bit more than dimension than just having a, a specific perspective. Why? Because the process mapping that I do are going to be also used by HR consultant uh, to redefine the new roles. Uh, and they're also going to be use, uh, used by technology or marketing uh, specialist or expert to um, put in place the sales the sales funnel or to identify the requirements of a, a, a new system or how it should be updated or the automation that should be programmed. So by having that that picture of your business, Dealing with your, your the consultant, the team around you, the, your internal resources makes it a, a reference point, a talking point that is that that is understood by everyone. So that would be uh, another major benefit of um, mapping your processes. That's quite interesting, uh, especially when we take a look at from the aspect of uh, one of the things that that we talk about or I've talked about in regards to my consulting is the aspect of being able to create a skills audit or a talent audit uh, or a job audit in regards to redefining the roles or adding to what the role is, being very specific about what skills are needed. And that way, you know, especially coming from an HR perspective, you know who to hire, what to write about for that job description, um, and and what skills that would need to be trained on to be able to to get them into the role. So you know the the mapping kind of helps outline that for them to be able to do either that talent or or skills audit. Would you agree? Totally. So let and you actually you you, you actually brought up an example that I wanted to bring up. And it was an example that we had covered in our, in our in our previous talks, David, which is you know, let's let's walk into an example. We, we talked about the sales system, for example, and the sales executive says to the manager, "There's an issue with the process." And can you walk us from there about how mapping the process either solidifies or agrees with the executive in regards to identifying that problem or if there is a problem? Perfect. Yeah, um, I have a, a very nice example. The one would be the sales cycle. So when we contacted the lead, we have the meeting, we're presenting our service offer, and there's delay between the service offer and the actual start of the work or just being it's just signing the service offer. So the, the manager would typically come back to, to the team and they would tell it's too long. And then by breaking it down, we'll see that Okay, so we have, we're creating the service offer, we're sending it, the client has to print it, sign it, scan it, and send it back. So everything we do before and after that, we'll see that it's 
done in a reasonable time, especially if we're tracking time. But that step when we're sending the contract and we're getting a bit back sign, it's stretching. And at the higher the price, the longer it takes to sign. One of the, the solutions I would propose is just in a perspective, in a process perspective, is how do we make that step faster, easier, and simpler for the client? Also for us. So I would, I would, it's one of my go-to tool. When you have a CRM, or if you don't, putting in place a CRM and having electronic signature, nowadays it's fairly common, but I've creating a contract and taking that information from the CRM, auto-populate, meaning that we don't have to translate information, a risk of error, having that document being sent electronically, having a tracking, uh, when is it, did the, the, the recipient received it? Well, we'll know because once the recipient uh, gets it and opens it, the system will track it. So you'll know that, okay, it's in a process. Then to sign it, there will be done. You can even use a form then, uh, nowadays to put your signature, your initial, and it's still a valid and legal document. It's, it's, it, it's fine. So doing that step alone in a lot of cases, will reduce your sales cycle and then you're, you're, it's quicker to get into deliveries, delivery, getting paid, et cetera. It, it, it creates a, a bigger momentum. That's one short example of how a sales process could be optimized. I could give you an example in many fields, but to, for the purpose of the, con, the, the, the podcast, we'll stay, we'll stay in that, that realm of sales activity. Okay, so let me see if I got this right. So the the sales process is is too long between you know receiving giving the quotes and getting the individual or the client to sign it uh and you're identifying through the process mapping you know the the activity uh, which would be the the printing the proposal the the role the, the sales executive uh presenting it to the the client and then the the system of how long it takes from presenting the proposal to getting the client to sign, uh, how long that, that 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 whole process takes, and then seeing you know how you can basically delegate that in a much shorter, faster manner. In which which an example you've given is having a CRM to be able to have that system in place to create it, to track it, to follow up and to be able to close that deal in a much faster pace without having it taking it so long without having a CRM. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and basically the, mind, the, the mapping goes through that whole entire process to help identify those areas and see the gaps that needs to be closed. Okay. Okay. That's a very simple, easy, understandable solution. All right. So we have the map. We've identified what's working and what are the gaps. From this analysis, what are the types of things you spot, and how can you make it easier for the client for where they move away from just making from just working in their business? So once we have the mapping, then comes the recommendation. So the recommendation are typically resume in. I will put them in three categories: what could be delegated, what could be improved internally, without any tools, just with from day from today to next week we're designing that this step is going to be done differently uh, instead of 
entering it on, on, on a, uh, sending an email every time to confirm we're filling a form. We can decide to do that internally. And the last part would be, what are the technology tools and leverage we could implement to optimize the process? So delegation, process improvement internally, and technology tools. So that would be the summary report based on the process mapping. So you've identified, you've spot out where the processes are, and then you basically introduce the tools that could be used to, to expedite the, the process of the area that you've identified. Yes. There's a crucial element here that, that, that needs to be to this, and that's being able to adapt. Adapting to change is often met with resistance rather than being welcomed. What are some of the challenges you have seen in this regards? And how have you been able to get them to move forward? Hmm. Uh, I can't remember the, the quote exactly, but leaders are readers, but not all leaders are readers. Uh, one of the, 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 one of the greatest, um, to implement change, it starts, a lot of time it will start with the, the team. And I love using uh, content, books, podcasts, um, but different type of contents, but mostly audiobooks. I've noticed with my clients, uh, reading a book, sometimes the, it seems like a hard task. Uh, so there's the concept that I need to implement. For instance, uh, all, uh, regarding profit, uh, how to make a business more profitable. Uh, so one of my key reference book would be uh, Profit First, uh, how to write a strategic uh, planning in one page. One of my favorite would be uh, the scaling up or traction. So I would ask my clients, I want you to listen to the audiobook because it's faster. And then down the road, you can also read the book, but do a first listen. And then we are going to do chapter by chapter when we get to a, a specific point, that chapter for the next week or the next two weeks, we'll listen to it. To adapt, I've, I've, I've seen that using in that specific context, creating change by giving them knowledge, but to giving them knowledge in a way that they can consume it easily for and audiobook, make it faster to do, to do the change management. Another element that I use for change management is after we've mapped the process, we will uh, do a session with everyone that is involved, uh, the sales, all the sales team, sales coordinator, sales director, the sales manager, and we will review the process just to have a common understanding of is it how we work? Is this the actual situation? Yes, perfect, we settle. Or no, uh, the two different sales sales rep are going to be putting the information in a different place. So obviously, when we create a solution, we're going to create a digital problem. The, the tool is going to be right, but the users will put the information at different places. So by having a process map, taking the input, we might do an adjustment to uh, to address to make it a, a a common practice to have a standard. So once again, using the, the process mapping, it creates a, um, a, common, a, common, a common understanding. Uh, also the, in the process mapping, using colors and uh, putting the, the, some of the recommendation, uh, there would be red, I, I, I 
put them as red boxes, they already see that, okay, we're gonna do use electronic signature in an upcoming future. We don't know what solution it's gonna be. We don't know when, but it's coming. So already by mapping the process and using all these different ways that are not non-traditional, because in the consulting business, they, they do quite the opposite. They, they, wanted, they want an analysis to take forever, where in my case, I wanted to do as fast as possible. I wanted to get into a solution mode quicker. So all these elements were adjusted. And I think, especially with my neurodiverse clients, it, the feedback that I get is that it's faster, it's quicker you're adapting you're you're giving us different ways to do something that before we would be resistant so to, to answer your question these are just a few nuggets in the different perspective that i that the way i work um make change management easier and fast yeah that's a very interesting david um i i've heard the quotes readers are leaders but i haven't heard the 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 caveat to that quote, which is not all leaders are readers. Um, now it's interesting as well. I, I like how you 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 try to simplify the process of actually getting your your clients to change through the use of audiobooks. Audiobooks are 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 very a useful tool. Now, when you're the question I have in that regards is the importance of, do you encourage your, your clients to be active listeners then? Because to be able to, to, to listen to an audio book, it could easily go from one ear to out the other. It's actually being able to sit, sit down and listen to a section, as you said, and, and be able to take notes while you're listening. Is that something that you encourage with them to be able to, 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 to get them to move towards change? I'm, I'm, so, so this is how I, I function, listening and taking notes. Okay, I'm gonna give you my, 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 the, the way I do it with my clients. The first time, I just want you to listen to it. And I know you got, you're not gonna be 100% focused when you do it. Out of that, that six hours, four hours of content, when you're concentrated, you will get a few nuggets. That's why I want you to listen, to listen the first time. Then, as we move along, I'm going to tell you, okay, now we're talking about employee retention. That chapter in that book, that is chapter eight, that is 15 minutes. For the next two weeks, I want you to listen to it every day. You don't need to be focused. You could be doing something else. But like, like you know, our concentration span is getting shorter and shorter. When you listen to a, an, an audio book, the first five minutes or two minutes, you're super concentrated. And then you doze off. Or then something that they're going to say in the book, you're going to Google it or you're going to write it. Space repetition, for me, especially as we, we get older and we have more distraction and more things are going on, is the, one of the highest way to improve the retention of the knowledge you're getting. So, so that would be my, my specific approach using audiobooks would be exactly what I spelled out. First one, uh, first listen, then repeat chapter by, by chapter, depending on the topic, and then take, yes, you can take some notes, but by that time, it's been a few times that you listen to the same content, so you will retain it higher. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
So then you, once you get them to focus on a section and they listen on a, on a repetitive time, and then the third time around, they'll, they'll start taking notes uh, or, or comes, you know, kind of second nature. You, you, you take the, you bring, uh, it's an important aspect where you bring the team together to go through the new process that you're developing and as well as the new knowledge and leadership style that, that the owner is taking on. Um, I take it at, during that that somewhat of a workshop, I guess, you're you're trying to iron out the new gaps that, that have popped up, which is one, their understanding of the new technology or, or new processes being introduced, as well as upping their skills to be able to to adapt and be more proficient at that. Would you say that that that's what's what's happening during that workshop? Totally. So the, there's the, the the process mapping exercise is a workshop itself. While you have, you'll have the people that are involved or one person, typically one or two people, person that knows the process, they're going to help me draw it out. Okay. So we have time. It's a discovery session. As I'm, I'm, as I'm drawing each of the steps, we're asking, we're asking ourselves questions. Why are we doing this? Oh, it's been a long time. We've been doing this for 15 years. Why is this on a, a paper document? Why do we need to copy that information in, in another system? So the workshop are a setting where it's safe, where it's whatever we have in mind becomes formalized in a, in a, in a process uh, mapping. Um, and it already started to change management of seeing these steps and seeing that they don't make sense, that that step is done with needs two people or that step needs three documents. Visually, the longer a step is stacked up, typically the bigger a problem we have. That's an interesting aspect that you, um, I guess it makes sense too, that you actually get the the team members of the per department, let's say, help out with that section of, of the mapping to help help you in particular identify or understand the process that's happening in that particular section. Um, and of course, with you kind of uh, providing an outsider's perspective, you're helping them point out certain aspects that where you're questioning in the sense of why 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 is that case or, or why can't you do it simpler? Totally. Another element also we'll get is that the, the the managers that and we're not even going to a, a, a procedure level of details or manual of operation we're just like what are the big steps they'll be totally unaware of of what it actually takes unless they were promoted but most of the time they'll be clueless of oh when we're doing ourselves there's that many steps there's that many manual things there's that many documents that we're using internally and then they're they're kind of start uh, they're they're surprised of oh this is why we're so inefficient this is why we're not get, reaching our goals this is why it takes longer this is why the client is frustrated this is why when we're transfer, trans, transferring transferring a, a project a sales to a, the operation that the information is missing and the, the client feels like he has to repeat or he has to re-explain so once again, mapping the process in terms of change management, not only for the people that are part of the process that, that are actually doing the job, but for manager at the up, upper echelon, it's quite an eye-opening uh, experience.
Yeah, I, I can see that because as you described it, you know, it, it's identifying, it's identifying, you know, again, with having that outsider's perspective, which is you helping them to point out and, and, and say, why is that, you know, why is it so long or, or why can't it be longer, depending on what, what you're trying to identify or what you've spot up, spotted, spotted, should I say. Now, the other aspect too, uh, and again, you're not the first one who's mentioned this to me, where a consultant comes in and spends, you know, or, or a client wants this in-depth analysis of, of frankly, what the problem is rather than just jumping to the solution. And, and that's something I'm, I, that I come to known as being solution focused versus problem focus. So you, you mentioned the aspect of, of um, you want a fast analysis because you want to get to the solution fast. So when you're doing, I mean, when you are doing the, the mapping, there is a lot of time actually being spent from, from my understanding on trying to create the map and identifying the problems. Uh, so in that, in that how, so how long does it take on average, let's say, to, to do a, a map? And then from there, what, you know, when you have identified all those gaps, all those issues, how fast does it take you to move towards a solution and be able to focus only on the solution? Because when we take a look at, again, from a solution focus practice, we may spend like five, 10 minutes on understanding the problem. And then we just immediately jump right into trying to identify the solution and, and, and how to scale that solution. So, so an, an, an average mapping one process would take about two hours could easily be done in one setting. Prior, we need some preparation, but in two hours, one session, uh, we'll have a good understanding of that specific process. So let's say the sales process. In some cases, it's gonna be sufficient enough for depending on the size of a company. For, and I'm still talking about SMEs. In other case, their, their issue is right in between the sales and delivery. So in that case, we'll map each of these two processes and see how they're actually connected. Okay, so from sales to project management to um, billing. Um, so that would be three, three kind of key activities. It will be about six hours, just to give you an idea. So th in those sessions, it's not that that time is spent with me, with the team, with the people that knows, know the process that and that they're they're involved in it okay then the analysis because i i don't charge by the hours it's all part of a package the analysis depending on a situation could could take a few hours to multiple days if i have to validate with external resources or it's a very specific requirement but but in that case i'm not charging my clients to do the hours of analysis it's all part of that package so once that is done, so a typical like to, to, to give you, so I said two hours, the analysis could be, could be, could vary, could be different from a case to another, but part of that package, once I'm done with the analysis, they'll receive a report. And that report is, is not a, a Word document. It's super sexy. It's a, it's a visual presentation. Once again, 
and keeping that theme of being highly visual. It's summarized in three categories, what needs to be delegated to, to uh, specialist external resources, what can we improve internally on the processes, and what are the technology tools we're going to implement to optimize the process. So they're, they're broke, broken down in three main categories. It's not long. It's, it, I, the, the, once it's presented and it's done, it's uh, presenting the, the, re, the summary report takes about 30 minutes to an hour, depending on the question. And once that is done, then we start the implement uh, the implementation. So now it's it's the execution of the solution. But to summarize um, and to answer your question, two hours to map a process, the analysis that's on me, then presenting the the recommendation, thirty minutes to an hour. So could be done fairly quickly. Pretty fast process, and uh, quite surprised that. Uh two hours, I think it may be two hours might be the minimum, um, I'm, I'm guessing, because it, depending on, it all depends on the size of the company, I would say, for you, but but, we, but you did say that, you know, it's it's once, it, it can be done in one session, but it's quite surprising that, that the, I guess if you take a look at all the departments, you could be able to sit down with all the departments and um, and map it out within one session. So, so the, yeah, so the, the approach I take, uh, I'm, I, I giving my, I, I'm giving myself a time limit. At more than two hours. It's because we're going at at the two, as uh, at the level of details that is too, 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 it's too detailed. So before the process, the the mapping workshops, we're going to do what we call a preparation workshop, where we're going to establish what's the the beginning, the end, the 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 middle and the end. Okay, so it gives me reference point. So as the two hours are going along. My goal is that to reach the halfway point at an hour. So that then I'm going to pick up this, this, the, the pace. I'm still going to ask questions. If it, if it goes a little bit out of that, it's fine. But within two hours, and I did from small, from SMEs, and I even did corporation as well. I have some corp, larger companies in, in my, uh, as a client. It's the same exercise. It's not going to be longer than that, and this is by process. So the the in the preparation workshop, putting like kind of a the frontier, or of the or the scope. This is done prior, so when we start mapping, it's clearly defined. Versus, let's start and don't define the end. Then it's going to be it's going to be longer, but. That's why you guys. That's why people are paying me for my experience. I I know that it could be done respectfully with a a, the, a good level of details within two hours. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now you've also mentioned um, quite a few times in that description, as well as before, the the aspect of leveraging. So the aspect of changing to to move from resources to change the method and how you do things in particular technology. How is this using technology as a leverage? Can you explain further? Oh yeah. So technology um, as a leverage, as a leverage, we take our operations, we take our task, uh, the output. Just doing that, every step of the process to create the service or create the value. When you break it down, that's where you step by step and especially by mapping the process, 
you'll see that we're copying information. We see that we have delay. We see that um, we're at one point there's um, weight. The, the 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 sales team has sent the, the proposal, or the the sales team um, is creating the proposal, and we're waiting. So th these type of elements, uh, th when I talk about technology as a leverage, is that there are so many tools out there. The issue is to choose the ones that fits your process. But the, once again, the sales activity taking a CRM. Why is it leverage? Because without a CRM, a, a, a contact, you'll use a, your contact info, you'll use a, a note, a note tool, you'll use your agenda, you'll use Excel to make calculation. All you'll use different tools, except for using a CRM, where the contacts be, become uh, an opportunity. That opportunity as a step. So it's following a, a, a sequence for each of these sequence. When you, for instance, some CRM, when you move, uh, when the deal is done or the deal, the deal is signed, it will send automatically an email to accounting. It will send an email to project management and to the salesperson that could be automated. But if you're not using a CRM, when the, 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 the contract is signed or we want a deal, the salesperson is going to maybe wait a, a day or two days or a few hours to send an email back to uh, the, the project team, tell them, hey, we won. We need to schedule a, a meeting to transfer the information and start the implementation. That's one simple element of how it could be leveraged, how we could automate. The, the same information, the contact info, how many times we need to copy that information from uh, from a contact info to a, a bill for to a, to a, so the address the name the name of the company etc copying that information with a system like a CRM integrated with your your billing software could be done automatically with a, with a trigger so technology as a leverage um, as a business analyst I understand what the client needs as requirements, but I, I'm translating them in technology because sometimes they don't know the name or they don't know that such a solution exists. So this is where the, that this is the value that I add is to take these requirements, these, these needs, telling them in a way uh, to the, all the technology solution out there that they understand what the client needs and that we are able to implement it faster so to answer your question technology as a, as a leverage based on what you collect from the process mapping into a requirement is is that is that time saving in in improving a process uh, I, yeah that's very interesting the 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 time saving aspect so you from from the mind mapping, you're able to identify all these areas that basically saves time and you introduce technology that that will integrate to, to create that ability to save time from all the areas that you've you've identified. Now I take it uh, from what I've uh, said to, from, from our conversation, I take it that CRM is one of the major tools that you introduce into a company. That's one of them, totally. 
So I, I, I say this because it's, it's quite surprising from my experience with, with clients and consulting them, the amount of clients who do not have a CRM. And they're, as you mentioned, they're, they're using multiple tools, you know, uh, WhatsApp, Facebook, um, an Excel file, a diary, all, you know, trying to navigate the process. And it's like, you know, why is it not in one simple automated tool that have, could have everything planned out for them? Um, and I think, you know, one of the aspects I would like to ask you from my experience, and I don't know from your experience, from the side of it, you're encountering this, is that a lot of companies feel that they're, that they're too small to have a CRM. Uh, or and they, or that they can't you know they're too small they can't they're too small to have a CRM and 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 as a result they don't either see the need or can't you know don't want to invest into our CRM. Wow, too small or too big. So uh, uh, the the CRM at is as if you are and every business has a sales activity. Okay, I've seen companies with two thousand employees and they're using Excel to track all their sales activity. I've seen very small, small company using very sophisticated CRMs. In reality, and I, I think the source is from HubSpot. Uh, HubSpot is a well-known CRM, uh, especially uh, with companies that are um, getting their service from the web. 40% of sales professionals are still using Excel's emails to, to store their client information within their sales process. In a year, and this is another source, the number of CRM have grown from 120%. So these days, that type of solution is so accessible, especially as software as a service. Because some of them are even free. Some of them are as low as $10 a month per user. And, and then the other ones, the bigger one, could be, go to, a, to, a, to hundreds of dollars to a, to a customer for per person. But once again, once you map the process, it's easier to, to, to look at what could be the ideal solution as a CRM for an organization. Sometimes, even if it's more expensive, but the, the benefits it will bring Will will be offset because today we're paying two people two people full time to transfer information from a place to another with error margins and chance of messing it up. You see what I mean? So for me, it's it's a, a go to tool. Even if you're sole owner, the first thing you should have, the first system you should install is a contact re a relationship manager. So that answers my, my my next question. Next, I was about to ask you when. At what stage should a company uh, or a solopreneur, as you stated, implement a CRM? And your answer is immediately. Yes. Interesting. Um, okay. So, you know, going back to the training aspect a little bit, you know, it this whole process takes, or not even a training aspect. I mean, it is an aspect of it as well, but but the whole mapping and 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 integrating that into a, a company requires a bit of discipline to make the mind shift. Uh, how 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 are you finding this being done? You know, are are you finding that the the client immediately adapting to 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 understanding and want you to implement these changes? Mm. 
Excellent question. First off, for most of my clients, whenever you're working with a, uh, a consultant, you're actually, before you, you're, you, you work with that consultant, you're doing something. Your, your days are busy. So one of the first elements I would address with my clients is, how's your time management? Are you even tracking your time? Are you, do you know in your, your typical uh, week where your time is spent on what? If you're a manager, how many hours are you spending talking to your team and, and, and making sure that they have all the tools that, to do their job or et cetera, et cetera. So managing their time, we have to fit somewhere. And I'm going to tell them within a month, you most likely have two hours to spare to work on improving the business. And it can start very small. The, the, the key is momentum because momentum adds up. Those two hours you do every month or four hours, it's gonna grow. At one point you will find the sweet spot of how many hours you're actually working on the business versus working in the business. So working on the business for most of us, there's, there's even companies, you, we all heard about them, uh, that they have in their culture that within their, weekly hours, they have one hour, 30 minutes, two hours to work on optimizing their work. Uh, some, uh, one example that I, uh, in the book Scaling Up, they talk about uh, Atlassian, uh, the, the company that bought Trello. They have what we, that they call FedEx days. So within the month, they'll have one topic, one thing they want to uh, address. They'll take the team and they'll have 24 hours to solve a problem. And then the next month, they'll address something else. So th that moment they take ultim ultimately improve their internal productivity. So we, we are always under the assumption that it's going to take time to save time. Well, yeah, <laughs> but we have to start something. We have to start somewhere. Doesn't mean that we have to do a big bang and, and for, for a week or a month, work on, on a, a single project or implement all kinds of technology. It can be do, done with a pace. And what I bring to my clients and the way we do it, and after many trials and tribulation, is the, the, the discipline of execution. So it's having that's those specific moments. So in my case, it's going to be every two weeks or sometimes every week. Or yesterday I was with a client we, because there is big period is coming next month. I was there the full day. And, and in, the, in that day, we spoke to eight different partners to implement the, the, one of our key projects is that uh, taking in calls. So having a call center and then creating a CRM access and deciding of the structure, the script, et cetera, et cetera, reviewing the, the, the IP, uh, the, the IP lines, et cetera. All this was done within a day. And we're gonna get, we're gonna get there. We're gonna reach our objective. So that, that client understood that, you know what? We're gonna give it a rush. We're going, to, we're going to put a focus, but then the, the weeks after you will have momentum. So yeah, it will be two or three hours, but then when the, the our big periods period come back, we're going to keep it at, at, a, at a frequent pace. And then when it's a little bit slower, we'll pick it up. But there, we've been working with this company for the, the past six months now. Now they're, they're, they're so excited about working on the business and not in the business because they, they saw the benefit, how quickly their life changed 
and how the how the technology leverage their operation and make it made it easier for them but also for the, their clients so mapping yes summary report and where i saw there was a big gap is that once again i'm the consultation business nowadays is i'm going to stretch the analysis and then i'm going to also stretch the implementation my goal is and then we're going to do that in a short period of time and we're going to take all the energy we're going to be there full time but people are doing other things and we all know that when you are at you you're doing your regular operation and you need to work on a project doing that more than 10 percent of your time is just not real so this is where we bring the change and the, the execution in a in an incremental way and we just want to have momentum and those two hours every week at the end of the, of the year it becomes hours and days of process improvement and implementation and i found that it's the one that is the easiest to to slide in and to 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 uh, improve and to get results a little bit like when you want to lose weight it's not going to be done in a day you'll go to the gym three four times a week you won't change, see any changes for the first three months but at one point gym and health and, and eating healthy and sleeping well etc people will start to notice that we say we take the same approach we're being consistent with discipline and down the road within three six months we'll start seeing changes our clients will tell us that the employees will tell us that there's two particular aspects i, I get from that the the first aspect is I mean, you and i are in the same same wavelength here which is measuring the time it takes us to do a task uh, and many people are completely unaware of how long it takes or even a manager who 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 may give a task to an employee thinks it's a five minute job when in actuality it's a 20 minute job. You know, being able to measure, and, and it's interesting too, when you, when you start to measure the time that you spend on activity, either A, you realize how long it takes, so that way you're, prop, you're able to properly time uh, a task or be aware how long that task takes, or B, you realize, you know, how much that you're spending too much energy on a particular task rather than spending it on the energy where you should be. So in this case, rather than working in your business, you, you could be taking that energy working on your business. Um, and you that also brings up another point because you mentioned that you're working with somebody for six months or so. So how, how, how long on average do you work with a client? On average, it's up, up to easily 12 months. Easily One 12 week, months. Yes, I have clients that I've we've been working together since 2016. Wow. 2017. Why? Because it's process improvement. Mm -hmm. At at some points, where I I was more present, there were bigger projects. But as time grows, it's it's a company is a it's a moving, it's a living being, right? So it always evolve. We have new services. We have different type of employees. We have that the dynamic has changed. We have uh, the the market. The, the, there's so many diff, different elements that we're always adjusting and and playing around. But at least having the more I work with the company, then it becomes I really become kind of kind of the part of the company. I'm the consultant. I'm 
I have, I'll have employees taking me uh, aside and talking to me about something very specific. Um, we'll get into the financials, we'll get into legal, we'll get into marketing, we'll get into all the function of a business. But typically it started with one thing. So I have my foot in the door and we build that relationship and they, they feel that my focus is to make it easier, faster, that, that I don't like seeing people working too hard or I don't like seeing uh, some of the, my managers work, some of the managers working out late hours or other hours. We have to find other ways. So because I am so involved, um, the clients that I have, I keep a very long relationship with them because what I do is, is not, there's not a start or a finish. And uh, because we, we start with a very small project, at one point we'll know, will it stick or does it match or do, do we see eye to eye or do we have the same value system? Fine, but if it's smaller and it doesn't work, at least you're not involved in a large deployment project for a year with, with someone that at one point you can adjust and you can you can uh, you know you cannot improve the relationship so the way it's broken down i have a very high rate of success with and the clients that i have it's not an industry it's not a specific type of service they're just curious they know that they don't know any everything and they want to surround themselves by experts but people that are very good in a specific field we, we all know about our neurodiverse clients that you know that their focus is very limited, but and uh, but it, they are very deep in one aspect. That's why they're so good at delegating. That's why they're so good at seeing a bigger picture at adjusting. So my type of clients, that's what they 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 have a grand vision with their their business. They want to improve it. They want to reach markets, the new markets. They want to be uh, the leaders in their their industry. These these are my clients. These are the ones that are open to process improvement. And these are the ones that I have the most success and the, the, that is, it's fun. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's the debate about, um, well, first off, you know, you, you're, you're spending quite a long time with the client, which is good because you've developed that relationship and you've identified those areas and even identifying the areas of where this is a, a, a time where we should stop because it's not working uh, for a particular aspect in the business and putting that energy somewhere else for that business. Uh, but there's also the aspect of, you know, that, that always that, that debate, you know, do, do we have a generalist or do we have a specialist and neodiverse individuals, you know, tend to be more specialists. And then, and as you said, stated where they, and that's why they delegate or, and are able to communicate uh, perhaps even more efficiently because, because they're so focused on what they're doing. And that brings up another aspect then, you know, which is, when you when you have a big picture perspective and and it's this big picture perspective is has created and the process are being more clearly or at least defined do you find communication becomes more understood it's a it's a good start uh, there's other uh, communication by itself there's so much and especially with the the context we have today people are working remote uh, communication and collaboration regardless of the, the other tools we're using, it's a, it's a piece by itself. Um, so so there, once again, in terms of technology leverage, 
there are so many great collaboration tools. I'm going to take uh, Teams in the, the Microsoft environment, Slack, having channels by subject, uh, being able to, um, to, to get a, a response, but also reducing the interruption. Just this alone, we could talk, it's, it's a separate podcast. Uh, but um, I would I would say what I what I've noticed is that in terms of communication and collaboration, we're still a lot using we're using too much emails, uh, phone calls at random moment. Um, there's a there are main benefit there are highest benefits of having a it comes from the the scrum methodology a huddle daily huddles having a a, a weekly a weekly meeting with a topic, with a specific goal, to have a monthly meeting, to, to, for, to recap or to plan, to have court. So communication, collaboration, some, I would say every company have room for improvement. Uh, a lot of time, uh, it's a very good question, Joseph. Yeah, well, you're, you're kind of, uh, let me help you clarify, but, but before I help you clarify, um, <laughs> I, I saw you, I stumped you a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, um, I mean, first off, just from a personal experience, I worked with a, a director uh, where you had like five different lines of communication with him. You, you know, mm. if you wanted to, you, we, we, were, we were using Skype for one purpose of communication with him and the team, and then using WhatsApp for another purpose to communicate with him, but only under these certain, certain uh, conditions could you message him under WhatsApp. If you couldn't reach him under Skype or WhatsApp, then you you're supposed to phone him and and then hang up so he will know that he needs to respond. Um, and then there was email, but don't never use email because he doesn't read his emails. You know, so it's like, which which line of communication do you want to use? And 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 it's just too much. It became way too much. It was too mm-hmm. complicated. Um, mm-hmm. But my 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 question actually in regards to communication and being understood, David, was. In regards to the mapping, you've created the process map, you've done the analysis, you've pointed out the the solutions and closed the gaps, you've done the workshop, you're now doing the training and integrating technology and leveraging technology. When you go through that whole entire process, are you finding that within the company, communication has improved to the point where someone has communicated and the person who's received that communication, no matter what type of tool that was used to create that communication, that the person on the receiving end has actually understood. Has your has the process of mind mapping improved all of that? Oh wow! Okay, greatly. It's a, it's it's a. I'm. I don't want to say it's a major change experience. The map, the process, mapping the process, because. It gives it gives my clients a clear path of how to bring change and the communication, just getting their input. They're communicating what their needs, what is not working. Then we're communicating that we've understood this is this is the actual context. These actually they're the actual task. These are the actual challenge. Then communicating the plan, what is coming, what are the action, and then also organizing these these change. 
putting them in sequence and then executing them and and the way they're executed are executed having a external resource or having a team meeting on on a specific topic that we need to address it it brings a, a continuum and it brings a, a, a kind of a, a road a roadmap of from a problem to a solution and to keeping on improving that solution the process mapping by itself is a communication tool of where we at and then the rest of the intervention is how we change and actually joseph every so often the, the, i would do a, a process mapping typically two three years down the road we'll update it some of my clients update update their their own process themselves because it's already done so you're changing the tool from excel to to the name of a crm and that's it you're removing steps that were done that were not done automatically but most of the time they will call me back because yes it's fine to be updated but the solutions and the the input and the perspective like you said earlier why because i'm an outsider it's once it's done it becomes a good base and and then that 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 momentum is kept and it and and we just go back to okay now we've done these changes in the past two three years david here are our new requirements here are new challenges so we're communicating once again but now in a more formal way what is the current situation and now we need to improve so overall yeah the the, the process mapping as a communication tool uh, because it, it goes to so many div dimension it's visual it's it's written it's it's colorful it's it's structured it's standardized is uh, like i said in earlier out of the toolbox of all the requirement tools that we could use as business analysts for me it's the one that is the most powerful especially with the type of clients that i work that's interesting that the the mapping itself is a communication tool uh, and helps in the end helps define and clear. Uh, excuse me, helps define and ease the line of communication where people are understood. All right, so let's switch gears now, David, because the process mapping system has moved into managing people and how to adapt different sorts of individual experiences. So, how does this process identify those changes? And how does this address how teams or individual talent and where they will be placed or taken into consideration? Mm. So the process mapping for, and especially for, for talent and change. So we'll, we'll, we'll see that for a specific position, everything was on Excel. In the new process and in, in the, the change will be we're using a CRM. So that means that we will have to create uh, training content we'll have to have a transition period, we'll have to have uh, validation and ongoing, uh, ongoing um, support until they're fully um, independent and can use the system to, its, to it, the potential of what the company needs. By itself, it's um, by seeing it using the process mapping you see and i like i said i use those red boxes and they they see where it's going uh, it's going to it's going to create a path for having a, an internal learning management software so kind of a university um, so 
to have a very formal way to train actual resource, but also future resource on everything we implement. So you want to have that gap that we made all so many, so many changes a year down the road, nobody remembers of what that new system was supposed to do. And did we go back to the, or always we take out, we take out these old forms uh, that we used to take, or we create another Excel. Um, so in terms of what it creates, it, it kind of do a level set of, for each position, uh, what what are the tools you're using? What are the steps you should be doing? What you should keep in mind? What are uh, the elements that if it's not done, the impact it's going to go, it's going to have on the, the following task or the following person. Um, so, so, so yeah, the process mapping as how it's defining the new roles and how it's changing how people work. Um, if, if it's even going to lead up to new role definition or new uh, requirements for a resource that we want to hire before we wouldn't ask, but now uh, in your job description or when you're, yeah, in the job description for the, uh, for the, for the application, we're going to ask uh, familiar with CRM or comfortable using uh, such and such technology. So the, the impact will be at that level. Okay. Let's try a different angle. Uh, I mean, you, you've answered my question. You, 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 you have answered my question, but I want to I want to come from a different angle. You know, when because in the end, your process mapping, and as you stated as well through this uh, conversation, it's change management. And when we're changing aspects in a business, we're also changing people. And sometimes the people aspect is not really taken into consideration. Now you've, you know, you've developed a relationship with, with, with your clients where, where managers and employees are pulling you aside and having a conversation with you. So I can see that you are taking that into account. Um, but now, you know, when we take a look at the aspect of how it's affecting people, we're also, I'm also getting gearing towards how it's affecting neurodiverse talent, whether that is, you know, the entrepreneur, the owner of the company who may be neo-diverse, or whether it's the manager or, or the neo-diverse employees that the manager is managing on behalf of that, of that business owner. So how, how, how is the, the mapping and the, the, the change management taking that talent into consideration? Mm. Because when we enter change, sorry, when we enter change, it could be a subtle disruptive change to, to how that person may work and how they've been feeling comfortable in, in, in their job. The, the, the way I see it now, um, it's affecting people, especially our neuro, neurodiverse talent, is that the, the tools that are used today to make those transition, they're not adapted for them. So it will start with it will start with a very lengthy exercise with the manager. Even sometimes they'll be consultant through surveys and through um, through questionnaires and to a very detailed explanation of a certain angle. Instead of just focusing on what is my task, what is the result, what am I using, is it adapted? So that's that's one of the first. The first thing I would I would say is that it changed that that traditional way of getting them involved. 
instead of doing a very complex exercise, is just, hey, explain me what you do. What are the steps you do within your work? They'll tell them, they'll tell you that in their own way, in their own perspective. So when you're representing their reality, but it's done in a, in a, with a tool that is super visual and that th it gets them excited of, oh, okay, he, he gets me. He gets, the, it get, he gets that I'm different. He doesn't ask me those complex questions. He doesn't go into a level of details that it will eventually show that I'm compensating in a way. David is not there for that. He's, he's just there to get what is done today and how it can be improved. And then I'm going to tell them, ask them why, and I'm going to start proposing a few ideas, a few changes. What do you think of that? What do you think if, if it was done in a certain way? I don't know what the, the end solution is going to be, but what do you think if sending a contract was done automatically that you wouldn't have to copy? Oh, well, that would be great, David. So they're already... Once I get their 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 issue issue challenge, I I use a, a a tool that it works for them. Then bring the change. They also see it. Oh, it's going to look like that. It's going to be represented like that. So it it it's not the the, the uh, traditional way would be. Hey, they would receive an email or it would be a meeting. We're switching CRM or we're implementing a CRM. What's a CRM? So now they're. They're scared. They're, they get a little bit overwhelmed. They're they're anxious about that change because they weren't consulted. It wasn't done in a in a in a in a in a cycle. It, it, it wasn't done in a roadmap. They they can't see it. So this type of approach, where uh, and we'll see our neurodiverse um, um, clients or employees or manager, these type of of um, ways we use in in our traditional way uh, traditional work environment they just don't work for them but receiving a, a, a detailed manual of operation they get overwhelmed or scared so the process mapping bringing that at a level that is closer i don't want to say it like that but it's closer to their 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 work but also their emotion their taking in consideration and it's not a stale or a, a square it we've been using this in in the work in the workplace for forever so this is what we're using no today everything has, has been has been changed we're in zoom we're we're using more and more technology less paper etc so the process mapping exercise affect them in a way where we collect what what their issue are in a way that works for them so if you start with that then everything is trickled down to bring that change right so well first off i mean it's very good to see a consultant take the individual talent into consideration and ask them you know how they're working and get their opinion and understand what works best for them because you know Quite often, I think a lot of consultants don't take that in consideration. They're just looking at from uh, what the owner is looking for and what what the what will make the business work better, and and identifying the problem. So when you get it down to the ground floor of that particular individual employee and get their perspective, it adds value. 
I think the other aspect is, I, I get what you were trying to say and, 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 and you clarified it. Um, and from a solution focused practice, we, we kind of say, simplify the language, you would get a lot more done and be understood better with five euro words versus 500 euro words. You know, uh, so it's just simplifying that language makes a huge difference rather than having complex language. So that goes back to, you know, rather than overwhelming them with a huge procedure manual, get it down to the bare necessities where it's a simplified process where they're not overwhelmed and they can get right to the, to the, to the heart of it and be able to understand and adapt and focus on their strengths and provide support for the challenges, which is what your process mapping is doing. In extension to that, to that above question, you, you have uh, somewhat answered it, but you know, when we look at the, the concept as a whole, it brings into question how this takes into consideration generalists and specialists. You know, we've, we've, we've kind of touched upon that already in a organization, which of course would include the entrepreneur. I ask this because in an organization, there are different degrees of talent who are overlooked, undervalued, or stuck in the rut of how they perceive and do things. These above points are even more true when we talk about neodiversity with owners, managers, only knowing how to manage one type of talent resulting in neodiverse talent spending energy uh, to try to compensate, which again, you've touched upon. So how does your process map mapping tackle this management of talent? Mm. Like, like we, in the previous example, just going from procedure to process, it brings it brings in instead of how you do the work, but getting the result. So having more flexibility to do the task your own way than for it to be done in a specific way. So so this is where it, I I, lo- I like talking about result only work environment. So I'll give you the task or I'll break it down or I'll, I'll give you the project or I'll, I'll create milestones. But in between, you're going to give me the feedback of, of whatever you, you, you don't have. I'm, done, I'm not giving you a, a clear way to, to work and then you compensate. I give you an output and then you're, you already have a different way to organize it, to, to, to execute that job. As a manager, my focus is now on, okay, how am I, am I supporting you in your way of, result, of, of, of executing instead of imposing a way to execute? Because I'm a manager, I'm not, I'm not doing the task. Work, workspace and organization are adjusting. And there's, and, and it's, not, it's not even a trend anymore. The, the, the result only work environment is, has been deployed in, at Best Buy where we don't, we don't mind or we don't care how you spend your 40 hours a week. You could be working on a beach. As long as it's done, we're good. If you wanna work three days in a row, 12 hours because you're super focused, you're in a zone, that's what work for you, do it. So this is where the, 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 our, it, the, the, the whole 
process mapping, but also the, the process improvement as a manager, adjusting and improving the process to adjust to its, its resource. Unfortunately, there's not enough, enough training for that. Managers only have one way that works. It's a one size fit all. But you'll, you'll see great communicators or great leaders. They're, they're, how they're becoming stronger is because they, they realize that, you know what, that person, I'm, it might be better if I do a one-to-one -one with him. That other person might be better if I clearly, I just have a outline. But in my team of five people, or 10 people or 20, I won't be talking at the same level or asking the same the, the, a task in the same way. I have to adjust. And the, with my practice, what I've managed to do is, once again, it's been tested. I've been doing this for 2014 with YSB, but longer before is how are we making this, how are we adjusting and improving organization easier and faster with the workforce we, we have and not with the way we function because it's evolving it, it's changing it and it and it's done faster than before just with covid the fact that we're all working from zoom well managers have to adjust they are not sitting formally with with employees it's all done via via screen so our way of, of functioning, our way of uh, having team meeting, our way of, of communicating objectives has to change. 100% agree with you. And you've touched upon a lot of things that I talked about. You know, and, and the two particular things is being flexible. Um, and uh, being flexible where it's, as you stated, not focus on how this is the one way how to do it, but focusing on how you do it. And a lot of managers and even directors don't understand that concept. Um, and this is where you get into a lot of conflict or where, where should I say, a lot of neo-diverse people face conflict because of that, because they're developed, they need to do it in their particular way, the way that they know how to do it. And you've also touched upon, you know, result only work. Again, something that I'm a big advocate for. Um, it's, you know, who cares how you do it, as long as you get the end result done. And, you know, again, you, you, you stated as well that, you know, the, to improve the communication, you know, you need to have someone who's a great communicator, especially when you have a manager who only knows how to do one way. So either that manager needs a buffer um, or you, you, the great communicator needs now, now needs to become the manager. Uh, it, that you, you, You've hit on a lot of key points that that's, I've talked about on, on previous occasions uh, on a number of channels. And, and um, it's also good to see how the, the mapping process helps identify that and helps bring brings a solution to, to talents and, and, and to, into management to say, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Let them figure out how they need to do it and focus on result only work. So David, you know, we've talked about a lot of things here and, and we really went really deep into the processing system uh, that you use and uh, for WSBA. So the key question now is how can people find you? 
Well, you can find me the, the best way, I would say, through LinkedIn. So David Cassius. Um, just put in, in the introduction that you've listened to the podcast and that uh, um, you, you, you want to reach out. Uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sophisticated networker. I, I have a large network throughout the world. Um, and I, I love talking to um, entrepreneurs, especially the, the visionary, the ones that are ambitious, the ones that want to find new and improved ways to make their business, their clients, their employee work better. Most of the most of the the the, the, the solution and the, the the context that I have is working with one company in a different field. The same solution could apply to another. So for me, it's, it just create more connection and more uh, cases that could be replicated. But I'm also curious, so uh, please reach out on LinkedIn, um, David Cassius. It would be a, a pleasure to interact with him with with you. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, quite frankly, my my website wiseba.com, social media as well. But um, for for to create a connection, I. LinkedIn for me is uh, probably the best place. Fantastic. I mean, you've got me thinking about a lot of things about what I'm doing in my business now. Um, and the definitely the, the aspect of, of, of CRM, you know, it needs to be more incorporated in what I'm doing. And the aspect, yeah, and I love the aspect of one, it's going to free up my time. And two, with clients, you know, it's about what you do about how helping your employees work better. And I think, you know, a lot of businesses miss that step. They don't, they don't see how to help the employee work better by being flexible and providing to their needs and focusing on their strengths. And it's nice to see that your mapping processes identifies this and makes, it makes this clear to, to the businesses why this is an important aspect. So I encourage you to reach out to David and to use his services and to create a process map because as we've learned, it will bring clarity to your business and free your work to work on your business. This brings us to an end of another episode. And as always, I will post the contact details to David in the show notes, in particular, LinkedIn. As I take this podcast further, I'm looking for ways I can engage with you to create more amazing content. It's because of this, I've created a Patreon page where you can connect with me more directly through several options. You can also find me on social media and I encourage you to join my groups in either LinkedIn or Facebook. I post the links in the show notes. Till next time, take a leap and transform.